When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on guys welcome back to pure evil mma take two no rats allowed no phones ringing going crazy thank you so much for tuning in this is the second time we're recording this episode so we're going to be going through a lot of topics but this time we really boiled them down to some really great points that i have to make that i was thinking about in the meantime i didn't know if i should have done the second stream however here we are ready to go guns a blazing and i welcome you all back to pure evil mma live on youtube right now so if you are listening to this on itunes stitcher spotify megaphone wherever you're listening to this right now hop over to youtube.com slash pure evil mma and you can get alerts subscribe you can get alerts we just hit 3,000 subscribers so i figured we start doing it live right here on youtube for everybody because MMA is fun again guys it really is and there's a lot of craziness going on in between it all and I'm the only one that's going to capture it for you the way a gonzo journalist does I'm so tired of tuning into shows and it's all it's literally all cookie cutters it's all cookie cutter journalists that are out there there's only a couple of them that I actually enjoy uh talking with or that don't post the same things that everyone else on Twitter is posting. So, with that being kicked out the way, make sure to follow me on Twitter at evil under echo. That's E V I L underscore E C C O. And if you are like me right now, your head's a spinning because UFC 271 was absolutely crazy. Was it worth the $80? We're going to be getting into that. What do you do at this point in your career? If you only have a couple fights left on your contract, is Bellator an option? Is one an option? We're going to be discussing that and so much more, including bad tattoos. What does it take for somebody out there? You have to be sick in your head to make an appointment with your girl, not even your fiance, and get tattooed on your lip. Now, the question is, is the lip kind of a, a joke thing because it's going to fade away? So does that really show true love? We're going to be talking about that. And is Nate Diaz about to retire? We also have the White Knight back this week. That's right, the White Knight, Jake Paul. It's not going to be a heavyweight champion. It's not going to be uh, ESPN, somebody over on ESPN. It's not going to be Disney coming in. The White Knight, after all these years, after all these unions being put together, or being tried to be put together, after years of unfair treatment to so many fighters, not just fighters, legends, 
that we paid to see. Our White Knight is a YouTuber, guys. Jake Paul, back in the news, we're going to be discussing that. He is getting Tweet of the Week. So let's jump into some hot topics. Here we go. All right, here it is. Let's start from right here. Brian T. City Ortega goes into a tattoo parlor and he gets the worst tattoo ever. I mean, I bought a tattoo gun not too long ago. You know, just to have some fun. It's an Eve Letty thing to do. I tatted my legs up. It's crazy. There's anarchy signs on my knees. But I don't think I have a girl's name on my lip. No, that's right. Because I've tattooed one on my wrist. And I let another girl tattoo her name right here which is covered up right now, but that looks like trash. I know that you guys that are listening to the audio show can't see it, but it literally looks like when you open up your textbook in third grade and see the list of sloppy hand names. That's exactly what it looks like. What does it take to do that? It's cheap. It was a fad when I was in high school, actually. All the emo kids were going, getting those tattoos. They go, the wash away. You know, I even have some uh, invisible ink tattoo, uh, tattoo ink that I, I kind of really want to use for something crazy. Not on my lip, maybe my face. But let me know what you guys think about this on Twitter at evil under dash echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. Would you do this? What does it take for somebody to do this? Is this just, you know, a lonely day? Or is T-City out of his mind? And before we leave the discussion of T-City, he may be fighting Yair Rodriguez coming up. Uh, I believe Ariel Hawani was discussing it and kind of leaked out some of that information. Brian Ortega currently sitting in the number two position right under Max Holloway over there in featherweight. And let's see if Yair is on here. Oh, there he is. Number three. That is the fight to make. For so long now, we've been waiting for this moment. Brian Ortega coming into the UFC, destroying everyone on the ground. But then when he makes it to one of the most important fights of his life, first Max Holloway, he learned a lesson that night. It was another perfect example of a fighter that got pushed way too soon. But right now, we're looking back two years. And his opponent, Yair Rodriguez, another guy that was coming up in the same fashion of a Thomas Almeida character, finishing dudes. He had this cold, mean attitude, and he had a country behind him. But boy, did he start getting cocky. Up until he fought Frankie Edgar, where he was destroyed on the ground. So you have Brian Ortega destroyed on the feet by Max Holloway, and then you have Yair Rodriguez taken down and dismantled. Beautiful destruction by the vet, the OG, the legend, Frankie Edgar. Where's this fight going to go? Are, are, is the winner going to fight Max Holloway next? He's sitting at number one. I mean, this division is stacked right now. Does the winner of that go and face Volkanovski? Let me know what you guys think because this is the best decision Brian T. City Ortega has made in recent time. Uh, as you can see from this disgusting tattoo that lies here before us. All right, also in the news, guys, I have another question for you all. 
What do you do when you are so famous that you are frowned upon in a promotion that you worked so hard to make it to? I'm talking about Chris Cyborg making it to the UFC, taking out everyone in her way to get that title. Yes, they opened up the 145-pound division for her. Yes, we watched a lot of girls step up and get their asses whooped. And we'd even congratulate the girls who could stay in there and bang with Chris Cyborg. But in the meantime, Amanda Nunes lurked. Ronda Rousey was no longer the big star. Holly Holm just got knocked out by a head kick from Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes, Holly Holm, Holly Holm. We've heard that one before if you've been a fan for a while. Uh, shout out Gabriel Gonzaga. Crow Cop got Crow Cop. Chris Cyborg comes up and Amanda Nunes and her just banged it out, man. It was such an amazing fight. That wasn't the Amanda Nunes we got when Tatiana, not Tatiana Suarez, uh, Juliana Pena stepped in the octagon. If we got that Amanda Nunez that stepped up in there against Chris Cyborg, man, I mean, she looked so good. Her striking power, her timing, her footwork. And she beat Chris Cyborg, an unstoppable force. Somebody who Dana White, I don't know if he's, he's admitted this, but in my eyes, Dana White brought Chris Cyborg into the UFC as a lesson. Not just to show that he has the best females contending in the world, which, you know, you got to make it to the top and then find out, which we did. But also, he wanted to prove the point of a natural champion, somebody that looks like an everyday girl. And unfortunately for Chris Cyborg, she got painted to look like such a villain. Her, manage, her management didn't really handle her that well. When I say management, I mean her boyfriend. Because after that fight, they were aiming for Cyborg Nunez too. Which, you have to be crazy if you didn't want to see that. However, there was some footage leaked backstage for Amanda Nunez. I mean, uh, on Dana White. And Dana did not like what happened. Chris Cyborg was at the end of her contract. And she just lost to, in Dana's eyes, the number one female contender in the world at 135 and 145 pounds. There was nothing left to be said. So if you were going to go backstage and you're going to do all this commotion to try to get your shot, well, baby, I just gave you your shot. That is the saddest ending. That is the saddest ending for Chris Cyborg, the girl that we watched. And she got painted as a bad character in the very first fight she had that most of us saw against Gina Carano. Then, from there, she took apart everybody. We wanted her to come to the UFC so bad. The Diaz boys sent one of their girls in there. And what a fight that was. Chris Cyborg... Going in there against Holly Holm, Amanda Nunes. And then your contract's up. Everything's a mess, and you get sent to Bellator. Now, this brings up my second topic here, guys. My second topic 
is at what point in your career is it a good idea to go to Bellator? Is Bellator heading in the right direction? Benson Henderson laid way for so many fighters out there. Fighters like the Pettis, Sergio Pettis. Fighters like Roy McDonald. Fighters like Roy Nelson, Matt Mitrione. Kat Zingano. They signed a lot of big stars over there. Fedor Emelianenko. They signed a lot of big stars over there. They're also getting treated a little bit better, apparently. But at what point in your career does fame mean more than money? If you go to Bellator, yes, they're, they're trying their best. We're not seeing the old... type shows that we had to suffer through like Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie 38 data 5000 and rest in peace Kim Slice. we're not seeing that anymore matter of fact they even tried out a pay-per-view model but they are not the face of MMA name one fighter inside Bellator that could walk down the road and get noticed not even the Pitbull brothers now, so, listen, for some fighters, it's worked in the past. Look at Andre Arlovsky, who just saw fight at UFC 271. He's on a three-fight win streak. Look at somebody like Rumble Johnson. Leaves the UFC. Comes back. Beats everybody up, except for DC. Chris Cyborg, I don't think will ever come back to the UFC, unfortunately. But will we ever get to see Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg? Feels like a robbery to me. So Chris just tweeted out she has one or two fights left on her contract over at Bellator. Now, if you're if you're Chris Cyborg, what do you do here? Do you stay with Bellator? Are you trying to use that as leverage? Because the UFC is definitely not going to be signing her back. They don't even have Amanda Nunes as their champion anymore. Technically. You go to one. Mighty Mouse went to one. Eddie Alvarez went to one. But those are names that are disappearing. And some of you listening, the diehards out here, you know, you may be screaming, but it's true. It's so true. Who are the main faces in MMA? They come from the UFC. This has happened so many times where we got robbed of fights, but I don't think like this. I think Cyborg got done dirty. There was no reason to cut her from the UFC besides Dana getting upset with her. So let me know down in the comments or tweet me at evil-echo, E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. Let me know how you feel about that because for a lot of fighters out there, including... Nate Diaz wants to just retire. But for so many fighters out there, you spend your entire career aiming for that one chance to step inside the octagon and work your way up to be a champ. And we've seen how many people accomplish that. And out of that group right there, how well are they doing financially? Look at Chuck Liddell. 
look at anybody. Ask Tim Sylvia how his, how his arm's doing. That gets us into our tweet of the week. Here we go. Alright, so first, you may be caught off guard if you are watching this on video, but let me tell you, you are not wrong. Aljamain Sterling is a contender for Tweet of the Week. Alright, so Aljamain Sterling tweets out a photo of him growing the Dagestani beard, the Abe Lincoln. And I don't know about you guys, but for me in high school, that was actually like a big thing to grow. You could look back at some of my high school photos, uh, everyone wanted to grow them. And for me, since I was Italian, I was like one of the first kids walking around with a beard, a girlfriend, and uh, you know, drinking beer after school. But could he bring it back? Is is this going to be a thing again? Because because when I look back at those old photos of me walking around with the Abe Lincoln beard, that's what people actually say. Like the Amish, the Amish beard. But the Dagestani's are bringing it back. Fucking badasses, dude. So Aljo tweets at Funkmaster MMA. Trying the Dagestani beard. Now I eat everybody. Smash everyone. Aljabib Sturmioff. <laughs> so shout out to Aljo because he almost won our tweet of the week. But the actual winner is going to the White Knight himself. That's right, Jake Paul. Respond to Conor McGregor's congratulations to Israel Adesanya's victory. Conor McGregor tweets at the Notorious MMA via Twitter. Congrats, Paradigm Sports Management Agency. Number one and two highest paid on the UFC roster contractually. Myself and Izzy, an excellent feather in the cap of amazing sports agency, Paradigm Sports. Congrats to all my team and a big congrats last night, Israel. So, of course, Conor puts that out in the universe and our white knight showed up. And you cannot hate on this either. Jake Paul tweets. Indeed. Well deserved for Izzy. But unfortunately Tyson Fury still makes more than both of you combined for fighting. Connor when are you going to start playing your part? It's time to get all fighters better pay and health care. Now we waited so long. We watched how many fighters come together former champions, legends in the game, tried to bring the UFC to court, and the UFC was just like, bring it, we have money to waste. Spending millions of dollars that they could have given to these poor fighters who are at a point in the career that they're looking back and being like, I helped build this promotion for you guys. I was a part of that. You guys could have went months without a good event and I brought you that. And this isn't just one person. This is a ton of former champions. Randy Couture. You had Shamrock. So many people. Yeah, I believe Roy McDonald was, was in on it as well. Fighting for better pay, better health care. But no, the UFC, even though they're signed to $4 billion to the biggest company on earth. Being aired on ESPN, the biggest sports broadcasting company on earth. 
selling pay-per-views every other week, which they're also raising the prices of for us, the fans. And yet, you're going to rebuttal with, oh, we give 50k for Fight of the Night. You're giving 50k, $50,000 for these guys to go in there, and you are well aware of the damage these fighters are taking. You are well aware of CTE. You are well aware of Muhammad Ali. You are well aware of everything. But you rather sit there like the millionaires you are and say, oh, this isn't human dog fighting. But yet you will not step in there for your fighters. I understand there's 260, something like that, on the roster. But when you have champions like Francis Ngannou going, this, this is insane. I was making $600,000 before this. I deserve more. That's your heavyweight champ that just sold a ton of pay-per-views. The heavyweight champ that could be a huge face in the promotion if you work with him, like you worked with Conor McGregor. And you have Conor McGregor here in this tweet with Jake Paul making a very good point. There's so many things that have been changing the last couple of years, inside and outside the cage, but all for the better. How is it that now we Reebok is even gone? How is it that we're being aired on ESPN? How is it that we're paying $80 that these fighters aren't being taken care of? And once you drop them, you drop them. They're dropped. They, they do not care about you whatsoever. Ask Tim Sylvia. Look at Tim Sylvia's arm. He can't afford that. And the accident occurred inside the cage. They have millions of dollars. Don't let them fool you. The fans are back in the stands. When is fighter pay going to be fixed? When is a fighter going to be able to step in there and know and, and look his mom in the eyes after all the sacrifices and, and promises made. I'm going to make it in the sport. But it's still just a dream. It's not the NFL. You're not making millions of dollars. It's not the NHL. It's not the MLB. You may only get three fights and you're done. Where do you go from there? Unless you're a top fighter is going to be very difficult to make a living right now. Which blows my mind. Francis Ngannou complaining. Raising pay-per-view prices. I would not want my child to ever be a fighter first and foremost. Because you need a backup plan. It's just, it's so sad to see. So that, that's our tweet of the week, guys. Let's move on because that was just kind of sad. So let's get away from that right now. So UFC 271 going down. Israel Adesanya, Whitaker, great fight. I didn't think Adesanya 
was really he I, I really don't feel like he put his all into it it's more like i'm so tired of hearing it at the fights that i attend you have to beat the champ to be the champ i get that robert whitaker looked amazing yeah he was knocked down early on in the fight but he kept pushing the pace. He was getting takedowns. Israel Asani was getting right back up. So let me ask you guys. Judging. Three judges. Three judges in there. Ringside. They don't have the view that we have. If you've been to a live event. It's very difficult. There's a lot going on. I'd be really interested in seeing scorecards and fights. That were similar. That went one way. When we had no one there last year compared to now i'm really interested in that and i want to know what you guys think of changes being made a couple weeks ago somebody asked for five judges well i've done so many interviews in this scene and one really good idea that somebody came up with robert tq turnquest said you know you should you should have you know five six referees three down there by the cage and then you have three guys up in remote locations where they can see everything on the tv Something needs to be changed. But in no way am I saying that fight was a robbery. It was an amazing fight. Israel Adesanya, congratulations. Um, but Robert Whitaker, man, that's got to be absolutely heartbreaking. I don't know if you guys caught his Twitter account. Hey. You know what? Just go check it out on my, my Twitter account. Because we're not going to be getting anywhere with that. All right. So, co-main event. You know, you pay 80 bucks. You want to see a knockout. You want to see teeth getting knocked out you guys are reckless out there i know what you guys want and boy did we get that in the co-main event with Derek lewis standing in against tai tuavasa bam bam everyone wanted to see what bam bam had kept saying i haven't seen enough to convince myself this is a future champion e even i am a little biased against tai tuavasa because of an instagram live that me and him had and him making fun of my freaking lip ring. Which I don't have in my lip anymore. But it will be replaced soon. Tai Tuavasa jumps up 8 spots in the rankings guys. UFC rankings as much as that holds to you. Uh, jumping up 8 spots. I have it right here on the big screen on my other computer. Because we are running off the new Mac right here. And who am I looking for? Israel Adesanya. What nope. We're looking for heavyweight right now. And it is stacked. Francis Ngannou. The champ, obviously. Number one, Cyril Gain. Number two, Stipe. Which, congratulations to Stipe Miocic for becoming a full-time firefighter. That's that's a real champion right there. Curtis Blades in fourth. But Tai Tuvasa in third, moving up eight spots. Derek Lewis moves down two. Volkov down one. Rosenstruck down one. Dukakis down one. What's next for Tai Tuavasa? What do you guys want to see? Kind of a, a weird situation, right? Because in this in this stacked division, you just jumped eight spots. I would like to see Tai not fight Stipe or Seal Game. Curtis Blades, maybe. Who do you guys want to see him fight? Because everything else, you know, you're at that spot. You got to keep it. This is your time right now, right? You're the number three heavyweight in the world. And he's even admitted in the past that, you know, maybe I've, I've drank too much and uh, 
called out some fights that I really shouldn't have taken in the past. But, you know, with all being said, he's a fun fighter, a good face for the promotion with the Shoei. And to be number three right now, it's got to be an amazing feeling for Taito Avasa and the team and everyone that roots for him. So let me know what you guys think on Twitter. Evil Underdash Echo will kill you with that this time. But damn, knocking out Derek Lewis the way he did was not expecting that because Lewis stepped in there and he was active, man. I had no idea why Bam Bam was trying to grapple with him. But he landed a couple of really nice elbows on Lewis. The second round hits, man, I had Taito Avasa down pretty bad he was beaten up but still he was in the corner smiling ready to go steps in there against Derek Lewis gets rocked then rocks Derek Lewis out cold rocks him out cold knocks him out cold after being rocked out he's rocked out and knocked out <laughs> freaking shot guys smoked a little too much weed today but uh also another shout out to Bobby Green versus Narcas Narcourt Nate Marcourt, Narcarast, fucking Kelvin Gaslam's brother. He did not look good at all to me. He was flat-footed, Bobby Green going in there, really working the jab like an old-school GSP. And pff, he's been around for how many years now, guys? Still doing this thing. You can call him a gatekeeper all you want, but will he ever be a future champion? I have no idea, but he's been putting on some really exciting fights. I can tell you this, he's going to be getting some money because I would love to see him in a co-main event. If he can keep putting this on, get one more one more performance like that, get a knockout. Bam, let's see. Let's go. Also, during the night, Moicano versus Hernandez, which I'm a little sad to say Hernandez's name because he was another guy that was on the come up. We were all about him. And he just couldn't hold it together. Brunson versus Cannoneer. What's next for them? I mean, you have the light heavyweight division, right? Johnny Walker. He's about to fight this this weekend. Oh, middleweight division. What am I talking about? Cannoneer sitting at number two. Does he call out Izzy? Does he, does he fight Izzy? Marvin Vittori. Brunson was sitting at number four. Paula Costa. Sean Strickland, those are two names to uh, keep in mind. Darren Till, Uriah Hall, Brad Tavares. I mean, what is next for Jared Cannon here? That was an amazing performance by him. And to be number two right now, moving up from number three, Robert Whitaker coming off a loss. Izzy on his high horse right now. It's going to be a little while. And I would really like to see Jared Cannon here active in there. So I wouldn't mind if he takes a fight for his Paula Costa. I really wouldn't. Let me know how you guys are feeling about that situation. Those are two other fighters that have been doing this thing for quite some time here. And Jared Cannonier, man, great boxer. Derek Brunson, he's had his highs and his lows. I don't take any points away from Derek Brunson here. But uh, for Jared Cannonier, maybe some time before he gets that title shot. Sadly. And after a performance like that, you got to be heartbroken. All right. This is the saddest part of the card. Roxanne Mataferi makes her last fight. She had 50 fights, I believe. And by the time that her opponent, O'Neal, was six years old, Roxanne Mataferi was making her pro debut at an event called, I think it was like Girl Fights or something. I think I wrote, I think I actually wrote it down somewhere. Um, 
But yeah, her first fight was for, well, let's see. I guess I didn't write it down. Oh yeah, it was called Smack Girl. 2003, her first pro fight ever. A promotion called Smack Girl. She fought for them a couple of times. But uh, a sad loss for Roxanne Montefiore, but what a career that she's had. All these years, getting getting able to travel to Japan, getting able to you know be in, in strike force, and then Invicta Champ, knocking girls out. If you saw her on the street, you would never think this girl steps in the octagon, let alone was a champion, let alone was on the Ultimate Fighter, with some really big names too. We've always rooted for Roxy. This was a really hard one to say goodbye to because somebody even tweeted, I would love to see like a, a manga about her. How is there no anime about Roxanne Mata Fairy? She's such like a little cutesy girl. Probably it was hard for her to make friends growing up type. And she takes on martial arts and then who got her to make her first fight? Step it in there. She always had this like awkward thing going on. She has poor eyesight and she made it really far guys made it to the UFC and you see a story like that and it just makes you smile and warms your heart but Ashley O'Neill if you guys have not heard of her she has been doing martial arts her entire life maybe she was six when Roxy made her debut but O'Neill made her debut at 16 years old she's undefeated and I'm really interested to see what happens next with her all right before I end UFC 271 talk, I'm a little upset. I'm actually really freaking upset with uh, William Knight missing weight by 13 pounds and then losing. I watched William come up for the past four or five years maybe, watching him at reality fights, watching him at like CES. I don't think he fought for Cage Titans, but I I've watched him grow over the years. And I remember the first time I saw him live and in person, he's a big boy. William Knight is a big boy. You missed weight by 13 pounds. I don't know what the issues were. But I find that really disrespectful. And if you're in the UFC and you want to do that, I'm not saying he did, but if you want to do that as an advantage, because I believe the odds that I'm making this number up, but you have like 75% better chance of winning your fight. You missed weight by 13 pounds. You went in there and you lost. I believe it. It was uh, his second loss to maybe, maybe third, I forget. But um, and another case of somebody I was really rooting for during his pro career, really rooting for it in this fight. And it, it was just really upsetting to see him miss weight. And, uh, you know, I, I even scheduled an interview with him last year, two years ago. We were supposed to be sitting right here behind me. And unfortunately, he couldn't make it. So I really hope he gets his shit together and... Uh, We'll see what happens when he returns. Another thing I'm a little upset about, but on a, a light-hearted note, Fabio Charant, another guy I watched make his pro debut, cage side on press row, me, Nolan King, uh, Keith Schilling, the MMA holes. And he stepped in there on his pro debut, and in 13 seconds, Fabio Charant knocked his opponent out. And I said, this kid has a bright future. Matter of fact, his manager at the time, no longer his manage, manager, but his manager at the time looked at me and went, keep your eyes on him. We want to set that interview up 
And boy, let me tell you, I've had Fabio on a couple of times. He's a great kid, an amazing story. He really comes from nothing. Uh, he was adopted, had a really tough life, found his way in mixed martial arts. And like a lot of us out there, found peace within himself. Self-discipline, had a dream, had some sense of direction and stability within himself. He found that. It makes martial arts a beautiful thing. And what's your one dream? It's to make it to the UFC. Now, Fabio, when he made his debut, I believe it was on uh, the Contender Series maybe a year or two ago. It didn't go too well for him. It, it hasn't been going well for Fabio Charant. I don't know what's going on in his fight camp but uh, or, or in his life. But it, it's scary, man. To see somebody right there, you're, you're in the UFC. You're such an amazing character. He's a character, too. I would like for him to get more interviews and go out there. But, you know, a lot of people don't want to interview somebody that's losing. I don't want to see him take that path like we were talking about before. Where you make it to the UFC and you get sent to Bellator or wherever. And you have to try to make it back. And it's been done before. Look at Andre Arlovsky. Who also had a win tonight. Or this weekend. Matter of fact, the dude's on like a three-fight win streak. But it's been a long career. A very long career. And there were times even when Arlovsky returned to the UFC, we looked at one another and said, this may be it. Kind of a situation like Shogun Hua. But these are also legends as well. They had some brutal fights. It's a long road as a fighter. I give these guys so much credit. Congratulations to Andre Arlovsky. I hope uh, Fabio figures everything out. I would like to see him back in the octagon and really shine with, uh, you know, he has a lot of potential. William Knight, too. Um, I, I can't even tell you how many times they had the crowd on their feet before they made it to the UFC. And this is, uh, it's hard to see, but there's a lot of people out there that also say the East Coast doesn't have many good fighters, which I, how, how could you say that? How could you say that? They said that about France. You know, if we have to rate this card, I'm thinking about this, and you have to pay $80. At this point in the show, we usually rate a pay-per-view card. Was it worth buying? Yes, every dollar. But I think it's it's teetering on like a six, maybe a seven. A lot of action on this card. The co-main event, amazing. A couple of great fights. On the prelims, it was a good card. You know, I, I'd give it a 7. But I wanted a freaking finish in that main event. Let me know what you guys think on Twitter, evil under dash echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. All right, moving on here, we got ooh, Mike Swick. Kind of a, on, on a sadder note right here. Mike Swick just announced that he is battling cancer. And I can't even imagine what it must feel like so one day wake up and be like oh something doesn't feel right to me you go to the doctor they do some tests they come back in to tell you that you have cancer now me and Mike Swick have a, a rocky past uh, when I was doing my podcast with James McSweeney, 
we were talking about Mike Swick. And, you know, Mike Swick, he's been around for so long. He's a legend, basically. But James had a couple of things to say. Nothing mean-spirited. Just It was funny. And uh, Swick uh, told us to take the podcast down. We, we followed. And uh, there were never any hard feelings. But with uh, that kind of situation that happened... It kind of feels personal. Like I should reach out to Swick, and uh, you know, I can't, Im- I can't imagine what he's going through. Uh, I'm sure everyone over at AKA is is just a mess. He was running AKA Thailand for a while. This has to be the hardest thing to hear your doctor tell you. So nothing but prayers for Mike Swick, and I, I do hope he continues his podcast as well. All right, what else is in the news here? What what do we got written down for you guys? Because I'm sure there was a couple of things here that I want to discuss. Oh, Chris Lieben also in the hospital. Man, it's always hard to see uh, situations like that because, you know, especially him. Chris Lieben, he's been around for so long. Ultimate Fighter Season 1, releasing a video online. If you guys are watching here on YouTube, I have a, a clip from that up. Right now, you don't want to see somebody that you really looked up to, somebody that you related with, because he had such a hard road. Going back to UFC 1, a lot came out about his life. He had so many amazing fights, and even after his career. Oh, we got uh, Matthew Thompson. Thank you for checking in here. Um, Their fight story with Igdelia. Oh, Iggy. Aggie, what is going on? It's nice to have the live chat back in my life here. But yeah, tough battle for a fighter at this age with his body beaten up, which is why we need better healthcare. All right, what else do I got in the news for everybody here? We talked about Brian Ortega's awful tattoo. Upcoming events, Johnny Walker, who's 2-3 and three out of his last five fights. He's going to be fighting Jamal Hill, who's beaten OSP by TKO back in 2020. He did lose to Paul Craig uh, via an arm injury and has a win over Jimmy Crute with that round 148-second uh, finish. So, you know, Johnny Walker, another guy, has a big name, could be one of the biggest names in that division if he kept winning. I mean, being I think he, that's light heavyweight, if I'm not stupid right now. Yeah, late heavyweight division. Johnny Walker sitting at number 10 right now. So you're in the top 10. It's getting a little harder for you. Jimmy Crute, number 14. This is a perfect matchup for both guys. Jimmy Crute really has momentum building behind him. So if I had to put money on it, there's there's something inside of me that always wants to root for Johnny Walker. You know, uh, I've been trying to get him on the show for an interview through Slap for Cash, who's uh, one of my boys. Uh, you guys may remember him from the Logan Paul, the slap that changed my life. That's my boy Slap for Cash, who's actually really good friends with Nick and Nate Diaz. That's how I got that prank video that no one else could ever get their hands on of uh, Slap for Cash pranking Nick and Nate. No one would ever dare do that. You got to check that out. It's on my YouTube channel. But um, yeah, he's friends with Johnny Walker as well. They make a lot of content together. That's what the UFC loves to see. So Johnny Walker, man, I'm rooting for him because he can have a great career ahead of him. You know, let's let's see who else is in this division. 
I mean, it's just, just killers. Above Johnny Walker, Nikita Krylov, uh, Volkan, Dominic Reyes, Magomed, Santos, Anthony Smith, Juan, I mean, and then Glover as the champ of the heavyweights. I mean, what, what more proof do you want than to stick with your dreams no matter win, loss, draw? Fighting inside and out, Glover Teixeira representing CT at the top there. Really interesting weight class without John Jones around, and I would love to see him get back in there, but he's another one that is just not unhappy with what he's being paid. How is that possible with how long he's been fighting for? With how many people he's beaten? With the number he's he, he brings in, with the good news, bad news, whatever. People love watching John Jones. If he can't get what he wants out of Dana White, Francis can't get what he wants out of Dana White, and we're watching YouTubers make $4 million off a single event. I mean, it, it's got to break your heart. It's got to break your heart, man. Especially when you see people like Chris in the hospital and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if I discussed this. Nate wants to retire. I don't see him retiring in the UFC. Did I talk about this? Uh, he wants that last fight with Dustin. They've been trying to battle that one out for about four years now. It hasn't been, hasn't been able to work itself out. It's almost like a Tony versus Habib situation. But Nate wants to rest his gloves inside the octagon. I do not see him leaving the UFC for Bellator or one or anything. But is he also saying that for some leverage to get more money in hopes that we would like to see and give our money to the UFC to watch him fight Conor McGregor again? Conor McGregor with a metal leg. Things have changed. What a time that was the first time that Nate fought Conor. How many fans he made. You know, there's a lot of diehards that complain about situations like that. Like, oh, you didn't know Nate. You didn't even know he was on the Ultimate Fighter. You get, get, get out of here. What we want is for people to get noticed, no matter how they get noticed, Ho hopefully in a good way. And Nate's kind of that story. You know, he was always the little brother of Nick, and he really made a name for himself. So w would I be surprised if he retired? I, I, no, but I also don't want to see it. But if it does happen, he will never fight outside of that octagon. And he has a lot of options open for him. So let me know if you guys want to see him versus Dustin finally go down. I mean, I do want to see it, but I don't want that to be the last fight. It's got to be something huge. You got to give us Conor McGregor versus Nate. If Nate's walking, you, you got to get it. But is it? Ugh, it's so weird. Because Conor McGregor, ever since he tried to fight Mayweather, the MMA world has gone berserk. It really has. It really freaking has. I think that is it for today's show, though, guys. Let me know if there's anything else you would like me to discuss on next week's episode. I'm really happy that I re-recorded it because the last episode I did, the rats were going crazy. It was YouTube wasn't working. I wasn't able to find my flow because of it, but we nailed it this time, guys. I appreciate you so much for tuning into Pure Evil on my man. If you aren't already, subscribe below on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you are. Make sure to subscribe below. We're doing weekly shows once again. I'm going to be getting some interviews together as well. And I'm always on Twitter tweeting about mixed martial arts with you guys, especially on fight night. And I have one question before I take off. Would you guys like to see me uh, do more discussing on betting and actually putting some money down on some fights? I mean, who doesn't want to win some money? 
I mean, I'm going to do it anyway. So let me know if you want to see a segment where I do that for each fight. And hopefully we can make some money together. That wraps it up for Pure Evil MMA. I don't know what episode this is. It's been a lot. Someone help me figure that one out. I'm Evil Eddie. And remember, without evil, there's no purity. White knuckles to the end. Behave yourselves. Thank you.